So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.G. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome, everybody, to Cash Flow to Freedom. I am so excited about today's podcast, you know, especially in this time that we're in, <laughs> that everybody is really I think kind of confused on how to go and we're questioning a lot of things that just two months ago we thought were solid plans. A lot of people have had deal flow just get sucked out of the market. We're going to talk a lot about creating networks, creating, getting deal flow, creating more abundance and how you cultivate those things through service, sharing with others, all things that I, you know, I'm very, very fond of and I'm a very firm believer in. And our podcast guest today, Brian, he is a extreme believer and expert in these kind of things. So I can't wait for you guys to, to hear what he's doing and particularly how he set it up to create consistent growth. So with that, let's bring him on in. What's up, AJ? I'm honored to be on your show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm here to provide as much value to your audience as I can. And I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, digging into some of these topics with you. As we were talking uh, before the show, um, you were, you know, you were mentioning some things that it just got my brain thinking, got my brain working because it's weird. Although we're technically in a recession right now, it's not like previous recessions to the past. And one of the things that I found is a lot of people were like, "Hey, we're going to wait for real estate deals till they're fifty cents on the dollar or something like that," and they're all sitting here saying those deals aren't coming. And we're not seeing them like you did in 2008. And they're struggling because they feel like they they were waiting for them to come to them. And I'm like, that's not how it works. You don't wait for deals to just pop up magically on the market and, and you to get them. And I'm really excited to hear about, you know, you mentioned you're creating funnels, things like that. But before we get into all of that and how you create deal flow, give us a little background and some, you know, some context to you, who you are, where you're from that really helps the, the audience understand you better. For sure. Uh, my name is Brian Tripp. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. Roll Tide. Uh, I started a company called Real Estate Investing Live, REI Live. I started REI Live as a community, a network of individuals who wanted to get together and share information in their same market. When I first got started in real estate in 2012, everyone it seemed like everyone I ran into was super competitive. It seemed like it was one of the most cutthroat industries I'd ever been a part of. And that's just not my mentality. It's not my um, nature to be that way, to step over people, to pick up a dollar. It's just never been, I've never liked that aspect of real estate. And I could, in my local market, I couldn't find networking opportunities and go in to find people and meet like-minded people because it seemed like everyone was trying to fight over the same deal when the truth is, and I've told you this before we got started. The truth is just because you got a deal or just because I got a deal, it doesn't mean that there's one less deal out there for everybody else. You mentioned that. And when you mentioned that too, it was just uh, like light on because I've heard this before, but people talk about it. And it's exactly what you talked about, how a lot of things in life are like one person has to lose for another to win, right? Right. Politics, right? That's the 
essence of politics. That's the essence of sports, things like that. Wealth is not like that. In fact, it's the opposite. When one person wins, other people win around them because prices, things go up. But here's the thing, and and I can't speak for everybody. I can really only speak from my own, own personal experience. When I first got started, it seemed like everyone had the mentality of, it, for me to win, you have to lose. Yes, but they real do. estate, real estate is yeah. completely not that way. You said no. wealth is not that way. I believe that it's it's a team sport, really. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And I wanted to create an environment where people in my local market could come together and help each other. And it was like I started this thing, and the people, the seasoned guys that have been doing it, guys and gals that have been doing it for a long time, it seemed as if they weren't getting on board with this at all. But there was like this little niche group of us, and it just started building and building. We've become the largest real estate group in our state, which probably is not saying a ton. It's it's Alabama, but we've expanded into markets like Atlanta, Columbia, South Carolina, Orlando, Florida, Sarasota, Florida, going into Tampa, going into Jacksonville, going into places like this where I've taken this message and we've been able to expand it across the Southeast and hopefully across the nation over the next year or two. And it's just a message of collaboration over competition. How can we collaborate and pull our resources together, work together to really and truly make more money and do better and do more good for not just us, but for all the people around us? Well, you hit on something that is so fundamental and there's such a need for it because, you know, I I own the largest co-op in the self-storage space where that was based upon that. It was like, collectively, we are 10 times better off than we are apart. And I find that people with that mentality are way more apt to achieve success and to have growth and wealth because they have access to more that other people don't. And, you know, people that it's a pride thing, right? It's a pride thing. And people don't feel it's a limited belief where if I don't get this deal and you do, or there's just no more deals and it's stifling. And, you know, it's, it's wealth and success isn't on an Island. You have to have other people. That's how economies grow. It's very fundamental to economic success. But yet, for some reason, you're exactly right. There is uh, the vast majority of people feel like if I'm helping somebody else, somehow it's putting me down. And that's not how it works. And so you building this, you're building this out and you're working with other people. Now, how many people, how many members do you have out of your group? So that, that, that stuff kind of fluctuates. We have yeah. like a lot of people who come and don't come. We've actually kind of scrapped membership. I call us, and I'm sure most people who are watching this and even you included have heard of RIAs, a real estate investment association, REIA. I called our group that for the, maybe the first year, year and a half, and just quickly realized that we are not that. We're the anti Rhea, right? As somebody, one of my dear friends likes to say, it's better than being the diarrhea, right? Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but we're the anti-Rhea. We so we kind of scrapped membership. It, it's it's look, it's free. Our mem- our our meetings are free to attend. We want you to attend. And we want to provide you with the resources for you to go out there. Now, if you want my private personal one-on-one coaching, you want my time, yeah, I'm gonna charge you for that. But to just show up to a meeting where there's a speaker. I mean, why, why are we charging for something like that? Why do we have membership? It doesn't, it just doesn't even make any sense. It's not even conducive to who we are or what we do. So my meeting here in Birmingham does not have membership like that. 
there are some meetings in REI Live meetings in other cities where they've chosen that model, and that's up to them. You know, uh, I've given them that right. But as far as members go, we we have a lot of people coming through the doors. We're impacting a lot of people through our email list, through people who have come in the past, and that's what that's a big thing. I, I have stories of people who are like Brian through the group. You've changed my life. I was this, and now I'm this. I was a I was a school teacher making no money, and now I'm a full time real estate investor. I was this, you know, working a full time job, hating my job. And I was able to quit my job and now become a real estate investor. I just hold, I just did $250,000 last year in wholesale revenue. So like things like that were like literally like we had, we had one story where, where there was a guy who's a Hispanic here legally, his wife and child could not come legally. He's going through the process to, to actually like get them over here legally. He wants to fly and to see them and doesn't have any money, taught him some wholesaling, made some money wholesaling. And now he's able to fly and see his family. And then just last year, his family was able to get here legally. And now their family is together. But he was able to go fly to see them two, three times a year just because of the money. That's awesome. Real estate investing. Like stories like that. That's, that's life changing. Yeah. What are you doing right now? Are you, are you so cutthroat in this industry that you're, you're missing out on what is life all about? You know? And so that's, that's why from the very beginning real estate, traditional real estate did not resonate with me at all. Although I knew that it was a vehicle that could get me where I wanted to go. So I just kind of reinvent, I didn't reinvent anything, but I kind of reestablished what my truth, my principles, uh, my values, what are my core values, just reinforced all that to make real estate fit who I am. This is great stuff. It, it, it's very fundamental principle but it's the basis that we grow everything off of. And I can't tell you how many times people, they're missing even within themselves. Like you understand what, what you're about and how you want to grow, but other people are adapting models that aren't true to their nature. And it's a totally, it's a cause of for success or for failure because I mean, we've all done it, right? I'm sure you have, and I have in the past, you're trying to fit into something that you think that this is how it should be. People are chasing money. Yes. They're chasing money and they're not chasing happiness. They're not, they're not, ch- they're not looking themselves in the mirror and asking the, the really tough questions. What are my core values? And will I keep my core values at all costs? Oh, well, you know what? You say you would, but when you're faced with an opportunity to go chase a dollar, you don't. And, and in, real estate is so easy to do that in. It's so easy to chase money. There's, there's a million ways to make a million dollars in real estate. You can go any direction and do anything. And it's very easy to compromise your core values, compromise your integrity just a little bit, just to make a few extra dollars. And people do it. I see people do it every single day. In All the time. It's an interesting industry because too, I mean, whether you're on the contractor side, things like that, it is filled with a lot of that mentality. Um, lots of quick bucks. And then that erodes away everything that you're talking about. Because like we mentioned before we even got on here, you talked about like network effects. And that is like the anti of network effects. You chase that buck, you burn a bridge. And then you can never go back. So kind of explain to people your idea and this goal of the network effects, because I, I love that and how you how that helps you create funnel deals or, or funnels to, to get deals. Um, it's really important. Well, I'll start off by saying this. It, it's, it's probably the single most important thing in real estate, and it's probably the most overlooked. And, you know, anytime you mention the word networking, 
It's like people all of a sudden are like, you know, Brian or AJ, come on, you know, we get it. We know what networking is. Let's talk. We want the tactics. You know, everyone's like, AJ, I already hate this podcast. I'm turning it off right now. I want to go to the next episode where you talk about the tactics. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell everybody who's listening to this right now, the tactics literally mean nothing if you can't get the people part of this business right. Because people are, like I said, my next, I told you this before, my next book that's coming out is called The ROI of Life. People are the ROI of life. You cannot get around it. This is the ultimate, ultimate. We already said it was a team sport. This is the ultimate, ultimate people business. And if you don't know how to treat people and you don't know how, Dale Carnegie said this in his famous book, we all have either heard about it. And if you have not read it, you need to get it. How to win friends and influence people. He already said, you know, to do people do business with people they know, like, and trust, right? We've all heard that. We've heard that a million times. What's really key to that phrase is people do business with people they like. If you like me, you're going to pay more for something. Or if I go into a seller site, you mentioned that, that you know, trying to get houses at a discount or real estate at a discount. If you go on a seller appointment and you're trying to get real estate at a discount, you're not going to be able to get real estate at a discount if that seller doesn't like you. That's what building rapport is so important, all these things. But you have to be likable. And there's an entire chapter in Dale Carnegie's book on how to be likable. Isn't that awesome? So, and he says just simple things like smile. Just smile. If you smile, you're automatically like 50 or 80% more likable. Just smile. Remember someone's name. Remember what they like. Have, find what's in common with them and, and share those commonalities. This, these are things that like, these are how, this is how you network. This is how you build rapport. This is how you will do business with people because they're going to like you and you don't have to be an introvert. You don't have to be an extrovert. It's not about that. It's about just being a good person, having integrity and being likable. So getting back to networking, networking is the lifeblood of our business. I've built a system to where almost every single deal I get comes through a referral or comes through my network. I spend zero on marketing. One of the biggest house flippers in the entire country is right here in Birmingham. He spends zero on marketing. And he's really the one who kind of, for me, kind of pioneered this whole, I don't need to spend money on marketing because I've built my network. I do the right thing. I do what I say I'm going to do. I treat people the right way. And this is the kind of thing, AJ, it doesn't, you, this is not the kind of thing that just overnight, you're going to end up having your pipeline full. This is something that takes time, patience. It's taken me eight years. I got started in real estate in 2012. It's taken me 18, eight years to get to this point to where I've built my network. I've, I've given more. I'm 51% of every relationship I'm in. That's my mantra. I want to give more than I receive. If you give more than you receive and you, and you have integrity and you do right by people, you are going to attract people to you. You're going to be likable and people are going to want to do business with you. And guess what? That, that new person that you were nice to, they have a deal. They have a potential deal and they need your help with it. What are you going to do? Are you going to help them? Or are you going to be like, oh, you know, there's, that's, that's too much time. Well, one of my mentors told me, I call books that I read, I read the tons of books. One of my books that I read, I call that my mentor, right? A book that I read about a year ago, a year and a half ago, Keith Ferrazzi wrote a book called um, Never Eat Alone. And he said in there, if you, you should always answer anyone's question. Look, you're, you're an authority figure, AJ. You have influence. I have a little bit of influence. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much influence you have. But you should always, if it takes, takes you less than five minutes to do it, you should always do anything someone asks you to do. 
Like if someone's asking you for a favor, if it takes you less than five minutes, you should do it every time. And that's been my, I'm, I'm 51% of every relationship. I want to give more than I receive. And I want to answer every single question. I get bombarded with questions. But if it takes me less than five minutes, if it's like, hey, here's a YouTube video, or here's a book you should read, or here's a resource here, you should get to know this person, be a connector, be a great connector. That's another great um, networking tip. Just connect people, just just give them a resource. If you can do these things, you're likable. People love you. You answered their question. You're supposed to be this person who's like so high and above, but you took the time to answer their question. Guess who's going to come to you when they have a, their very first deal and they don't know what to do with it? Oh, you know what? That's a great deal. Let me help you with that deal and we'll split it. Does that sound like a good deal to you? Heck yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm doing. That'd be, that sounds like a great deal to me. Can't tell you how many times that's happened to me just by doing stuff that you should do as a human being. You talked a bit when you started about, or just a minute ago, you, you mentioned how people want to hear tactical. There's nothing more tactical than this. I, I started in sales and uh, I got to tell you, success is the economy. Everything is built on people and particularly people that help others and how that network goes. The deals that we've done in real estate all have been off market because we had relationships and people brought them to us. Um, when we're looking at doing, we're opening up a real estate private equity fund. We're, we're, we're bringing on investors. I'm not asking people for money. We had people that came to us and asked. And so we said, well, let's see what we can do. That is the benefit. And if you're on the solo mission, well, you're fighting the waves of the economy and you're fighting everybody else. Nobody built anything great on their own. It never happened. And you know the, the amount of people when I look in my life alone that has helped me get to where I'm at between family and friends and our networks and business partners, employees, it's staggering. And you need to understand that that's, that's how it works. And so you need to be able to attract people around you. But it's I, I like what you said, it's about attracting. They don't have any obligation to help you. No one does. So how do you attract people into your network? How do you build relationships of trust that will last for decades that businesses and empires are built off of? It's about giving to them. It's about helping them. It's about working with them. And it's about being a resource. That is just, that is a fundamental pr principle of success that a lot of people miss. Here's the key. I think one of the keys to this that, that, that you that cannot get overlooked and that's patience. We are in, obviously, you know, microwave society. We want it right now, especially people who are new. They want to see instant results. Building a network that lasts takes a lot of time. A lot it of takes time. a lot of effort. Well, you got to prove it, yourself and build trust. And it takes, it takes, it, I love that. It takes effort to build those connections. Patience. So someone, I was speaking in Phoenix probably about a year ago. And someone in the crowd, I, I kind of gave what we were just talking about right now. It's kind of, that's my talk. And then someone in the crowd's like, Brian, I've been doing that. I've been doing that and it's not working. And I was like, how long have you been doing it? For like six months. I've just been giving everything, everything. <laughs> like I've been, I've been giving everything away for seven years. Yeah. Okay. Seven years. Yeah. And here's the key. The reason, and she started crying and she was really upset. And, and I, and I looked at her, I said, the reason you're crying right now and the reason you're upset is because you had expectations. Yes. You were giving, expecting something, something to come back to you. The key to networking is to give without mm -hmm. the expectation of receiving anything back in return. You got to give and be willing to give and be willing to it be 51%. And you're going to, yes, and you're going to be maybe run over. 
I don't, I don't look at it that way. I know yeah. that it's going to come back to me just because I gave a bunch to this person. It's probably going to come back to me from this person or this yes. or all yeah. these people, probably not from that source. But I understand that principle. And if my core value, so we go back to that, that phrase, core values. What are your core values? Make sure you're defining those. One of my absolute core values is to be 51% of every relationship that I'm in, no matter what. I want to give if no one's going to outgive me. You're just not going to do it because it's my mentality. And there's another great book. I already mentioned one, Keith Ferrazzi, Never Eat Alone. But there's another great book by Adam Grant called Give and Take. So there are givers and there are takers. And AJ, I'm a, I'm gonna, I love this book. It's, it's almost like a, a study on social, like so many social experiments in this, in this book. Adam Grant says in this book, he, he cites a lot of different experiments. But he said, and I want, I want to ask you this, what you think about this. Who do you think are the most successful people out there, givers or takers? Oh, givers. Givers. Who do you think are the least successful people out there, givers or takers? Hands down, takers. Okay, so here's what Adam Grant found. This, I thought this was so fascinating. Adam Grant found in his studies and his research that the most successful people on the planet are givers. And the most unsuccessful people, the poorest people on the planet, are also givers. And you know what the difference is between the two? Time. Time, patience, and and you just found this out like over like people again going back to you know what I was talking about at the beginning of this question, the beginning of this answer that I was given. Patience, you've got to have patience. You've got to give without the expectation and just wait. It my pipeline didn't fill up with deals um, overnight. It's taken time. It's taken time cultivating, building, being intentional with building relationships with the right people who I can help and who can also help me. So guys, I think that you no know, matter if you're in self-storage, you're wholesaling, you're buying and holding, you're flipping houses, whatever, you, whatever your taste is in real estate, if you have integrity and you do the right thing always, even when it's hard, even when it's hard to do the right thing, even if it's like, you know, it's the whole thing. If I can't trust you with the small things, how can I trust you with the big things? Like, you know, if you're taking a pin from your office, you know, that's a little thing, right? Even in the little things, if you're not doing right by the little things, then you're not going to have integrity in the big things. So think about that. Check yourself. And are you giving? Are you, if, if someone who's brand new, who's coming up to you and wanting a little bit of advice, are you pushing them to the side? Are you always trying to go after the person who's above you? Or are you also helping that person who's below you? So well, it, it this both. is a process that you're talking about too, about building a foundation that others can build off of. But two, it's you're building a name for yourself and you have to, it has to be tried, true and tested. People can easily fool people in the short term. That's easy. You can seem like a nice guy, pretend that you like them, pretend that you care. That's super easy to do in the short term, right? You can tell people that you love them in the short term, but you're not going to be there, you know, in 10 years. But in the long term, that is very difficult and your true colors always shine in the long term. And people know this and they test it. And the higher up you go in a success, the more people demand to see proven, tested character attributes. And they need like, you know, I think back on all the things that we've done, you know, we're putting together um, this fund where we're actually doing more like syndication stuff. We didn't do that at first. We lost our own money. I tried and I, and I lost it. I had to build it. I sacrificed and we worked two jobs and, you know, all that stuff for 16 years. And that's created a name. We, we, yeah. we didn't ever lose any of our deals. We, we paid out. We've, we've been through that and we lost when it was time to lose. 
and made sure that others didn't. And that is where capital looks to attract because people that hold capital in society, whether it's banks, whatever, they're simply betting on jockeys because everybody, because if you look at where capital goes, real estate, business, anything, it's only as good as the person that deploys it. There's no magic wand that makes money. And if you, if they can't trust you with that, they won't deploy it. I can't tell you how many banks have told us, yeah, we'd like to buy more storage with you, but we told all, all the other operators we're not going to give them storage anymore. It's not that they're out of that asset class, even though how many people did they tell we're not, we're not going to fund storage anymore. That's not actually what they meant. We're not giving the money for you to fund storage. And most of the time, the reason is, is because I don't have a relationship with you. You do not have a reputation. I don't know if you can do it. So there's no trust to be had, right? And that takes time to build it up. Everybody just expects the bank to give them $2 million to do this big deal. Why should they do that? Why do you deserve it? And uh, banks aren't just doling out, throwing out money. People, wealthy people aren't just going to give you money for the sake of it. You got to be in the dirt when it's hard, and you got to keep it going with a smile on your face. And so people see you over the long term and say, that's a good person. He's not going to screw me. He's true. He gives without expecting. It's like compounding. It pays off so much at the end, but at the first, it doesn't seem like it's doing anything. Exactly. Agree. That is gold right there, what, what you're talking it, about here. It's, and two, it's something a lot of us don't talk about, right? And, and I don't talk about it. It's, uh, even on my, my podcast here, yeah. we're talking about um, you know, getting deals under contract, execution. We're yeah. talking about ratios, numbers. But none of that stuff matters if it wasn't for the people that I've surrounded myself with in my life. And two, not surrounded myself. I'm very, very picky with people that I bring into my life. Totally. And the people that I decide to bring in, they get it all. And the people that I don't get nothing. And the reason being is because I'm like, listen, the bad influences are just as strong as the good influences. And they will take away more than you can get from anybody else. So I'm I'm very nervous about that. I don't know how you feel about that. Couldn't have said it better, for sure. You you de- So you're a summation of the five people you spend the most time with, right? And if one of those people that you're spending time with is negative, not doesn't have like-minded mentality, um, backstab, whatever it is, I don't want to be around that person because I, they are, it's a, a law of, of the universe that it, that person is going to rub off on you in, in, in a negative way. So, well, I mean, look sure. at you, look at you, you came on this podcast, you're full of energy. You're getting me hyped up. I'm excited about having you on these feelings that I have seeing you smile. You're excited to be alive, right? It's contagious. It is. I'm feeling you, man. And, and is. that is like other people feel that and it draws them to that. And they like that feeling that they feel inside. And it's also the same way, the other way people, it's the feelings that we remember. Like, you know, Brian was a good guy. He really made me feel good. I know he'd do something with me. You know, that's a good guy. But if you came on here, you were negative and you weren't, you know, you're like, listen, what do I get out of this? Then all of a sudden it's, it's opposite. I'm like, I don't really want to keep this going. And you put me in a bad mood. And then I walk away saying, that was a waste. Why did that? But instead you put me in a great mood. I'm going to go out. I'm going to kill it tonight. You got me excited. Yeah. That matters to me. That's you know, important. AJ, I think one of the most underrated qualities of a great entrepreneur is passion. You mentioned it. Look at the entrepreneurs that are super successful. There aren't very many dull ones. No. I mean, they come out of passion. And if you don't have passion, I kind of want to question you a little bit because when I first got started, 
the first book I read on real estate, I couldn't put it down. I was like, are you serious? I read a 150 page book. It was like a textbook. And I read it in one sitting. I couldn't put it down because I was I was just on fire and passionate about this thing. I was so on fire and passionate that 45 days after I learned how to wholesale, learned this thing, I kept studying it and kept doing and kept doing. I made $10,000 on my first deal. 45 days after I learned the concept, that's not normal. Most people don't do that. But if you're not getting so excited and passionate about what it is that you're doing, that it's not causing you to jump up and take action and, and not take no for an answer and, and, and keep hearing the nose and keep continuing, keep continuing, pushing through, then it may not, it just may not be for you, right? No, I, I, I couldn't is a agree. Super underrated quality. It is super underrated. And people flock to passion because you know, passion yes. too, it, it's, it, it's telling it's people I'm not, it's contagious and I'm not going anywhere. When times get tough, I'm passionate about this. I'm not leaving just because times are tough. When there are so many people that tend to just add to noise, I can't tell you how many people like, you know, stealth storage is a niche and there's so many people that are kind of looking at getting it, but nobody's real. Like there's very few people that are dedicated in the space and some people, oh, I may do one-off de deals, but it's consolidating amongst those guys that are like, Hey, we're self-storage. We love this industry. We love what we're doing. And they're getting all the deals. They're getting all the best deals. They're getting the opportunities because they're passionate about it. And those people that know, know if I give him a deal, He's going to be around in a year and I'm going to get and he's going to take another deal from me and another one. So this is a long-term beneficial relationship and he makes me feel good. It's a win-win for everybody. Now, how do you get yourself so passionate though? Like, I, I think a lot of people are like, I wish I could be passionate. Is it, do you think it's just given? Do you think it's something that you work at? I mean, what would I was you say? Born with it. You're no, born with it. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been passionate about stupid things too. So, <laughs> like my whole life. I want to, AJ. Can I flip the script a little bit? Go I want to ask you a question. Anything, sure. I want to ask you something. You mentioned something in the intro, the very first thing you said, and I, I wrote it down, and I was like super. I was hoping you'd come back to it, but I want to, I want to kind of redirect this. I'm a podcast host myself, so yeah, I, you have to forgive me. No, I mean we're you here to said, talk. You said, I think you said this that we're in a recession right now. Yes. Do you, you think that? Why, why do you think that? I'm just curious. Um, I think numerically, I mean, we haven't hit our economic prosperous quart quarterly growth. I think the United States though will is in, well, we know we're in a contraction, um, which I think will last, but not everybody is. I mean, where I live, I don't think we are. Uh, where do you live? But I live in Idaho, Boise, Idaho. So I don't think we, I mean, we're not. It's busy as ever. Real estate prices are going up. But um, I think we're in a recession mostly too. And I, I don't want people to get mad at me and I don't want to hold this voice. But recessions are driven out of fear and recessions are self-fulfilling. And right now there's a lot of fear. And we've had a government that's shut us down because of that fear. And people are not able to move or make decisions. They're scared. None of that is good for anybody. It's not good for you. It's not good for anyone. It doesn't help you. It's not, you're not healthier. And that fear causes recessions. It's, it, re recessions are at, in part, self-fulfilling. So yes, there are reasons that, yes, I understand the virus has come and it's caused huge actions, but really to the extent in which we're handling it is the cause of the recession, not the virus. It's what we're doing about it. I get that. Uh, and you did mention also that you 
you're acknowledging that real estate prices are as high as ever. Yeah, our, our real estate prices here, are, it, they went up 3% in the last, I think, two, three months. We just saw the latest uh, home yeah. home real estate prices. Right. Yeah, they, right. they rose. Yeah, this is the hottest, and I've, I've talked to people all over the country. This is the hottest real estate market I've ever seen in, in eight years. Oh, absolutely. This. I couldn't and agree it's the hottest, And it's the hottest real estate market statistically since 2008. Yes, I agree 100%. I don't think we're in a real estate recession at all. Um, I, I think the real estate market's not only good. It, I had a bunch of people that said they were waiting, like I told you, waiting on the sidelines. I go, well, I've got, I've got, I think, seven deals under contract right now. And I'm going to keep buying as soon as they come out because – First of all, if you're waiting for a huge discount, it's never going to happen. And two, if anything, maybe some good deals are coming out just because people that were sitting on the sidelines are getting in. But I, I'm not expecting to buy discount, I think, because I, I don't think that's happening. The r- real estate market's very strong. Yeah. This is interesting. It just yeah. struck me as interesting because I hear, you know, I've been, I do like the state of the real estate market. I've been doing yeah. that the past weeks or yeah, you know, I guess a couple months. And uh, it's crazy. It's crazy right now. It's it's all over the country. It's all over. I'm selling my home. So my personal home we're, we're Me too. Uh, building. Yeah. You're selling a home. And I'm, I'm shocked at what they're talking about listing prices. It's nuts. it's nuts. It's like, holy cow. And then yeah. especially when you're dealing with unemployment at depression level highs. And so you're going, it's, it's affected one side of the economy, but we're 2008 just destroyed. This is not 2008. So AJ, in your opinion, what's going to happen in the next three, six, nine months? Okay. First of all, I think that a lot of the United States will be a tale of two cities. There's going to be parts of the United States that are going to be hit much harder than others. You know, I think places like Orlando may have a hard time coming back because they have such high unemployment. There's places, I think LA's at 50% unemployment or some crazy thing we were just seeing the other day. I mean, those unemployment numbers are astronomical, but I think uh, most of the country will bounce back, not only quickly, it's going to flourish. There's so much money out there, but I think there will be pockets that they're like, no, we're not bouncing back. We're, we're struggling um, because I, I don't want to like have my head and say, obviously I have friends that are in the hotel sector travel. Those things are going to hurt. But as the economy overall, no, I think we're, we're going to keep going, keep going strong. And in fact, we have more money and cheaper money than we ever had. And it's going to affect asset prices. But what do you think? I think housing prices, and I, I can really, my expertise and the people I've been speaking to really only, you know, lend itself to specifically to housing and, and to real estate. But um, I think we're headed to, for some really bad times real estate wise. Really? I Where really, at? Really Explain to me, because I'm in, I'm not in like housing, I'm in mm-hmm. commercial. And so no, I get I'm, I'm not, I don't deal at all. So, so if you look at, and this is across America, it's, it's, I do believe real estate's local. I think, I yes. believe real estate's two things. It's local and it's live. That's why we named this thing real estate investing live. It's live and in person, yeah. but it's local. Real estate's super local, even down to the street level. I really do believe that. But, but if you look at the, the macro graph of, of the entire country, you know, you, even you know, the big cities, the small cities, overall inventory has been at all-time lows for six, seven, eight years now. Yeah. And it's still shrinking. Inventory is still shrinking. Yeah. Why is that happening? I'm not a real estate expert. I think you yeah. need to ask a, uh, ask a, a housing expert uh, why that's I love, happening. I love that answer. But that's good. Yeah. No, I'm, I, I, I'm a data. 
I talk to people and I'm a data analyst. I look, just look at the yeah. data and, and it's just, it keeps getting lower and lower inventories. Getting, and when obviously supply and demand, when inventory gets low, uh-huh. prices continue to go crazy. And that's what's been happening. But what you're going to see is you're going to see prices start to come down and you're going to start to see inventory go up a little bit. I think by the, by Q3, Q4, I think this is, this is where you're really going to see the time where you can go out and get real estate for 60, 50, 40 cents on the dollar. I think it's coming. I really do. And I think that the the election also is going to fuel a lot of this. We're going to see some crazy things with this election coming up. Crazy I things. could not agree more with that. We're, We're going to see stuff happen real quick. Said, yeah. We're going to see stuff happening that like, you know, in 2016, everybody just knew Hillary was going to win. Yeah. I think, I think that you're going to see something like that where everybody knows that it's going to, that not just politically. Yeah. Everybody knows things are going to go this one direction and we're going to see we're in crazy times right now. We've we never been more divided as a, as a, as a human race here in America, at least we've never been more divided. We're seeing just ch- this whole thing with China. Mm-hmm. Like we may never do business with China again. Right. Yeah. If that happens, what the implications who, who buys our debt. Well, I'm just, hold yeah. on now. That's a good question. Just, <laughs> there's, there's a, there's a lot going on capitalism in the history of humankind has never had more than a 250 year run. Guess what? America is at the end of this 250 years. What's going to happen with that? You've got every 80 years, you see a big time gigantic war. We haven't, my generation, your generation, you can call, you can call the Iraqi wars war, but there was never really an opportunity for us to truly lose. It wasn't really a, it wasn't really a true, true war. In my opinion, you could see a civil war. You could see invasion. There's a lot of crazy things. America is kind of set up, and I didn't mean to take this podcast no, to a no, crazy level. No, this is awesome. This is awesome. But America is just kind of setting itself up for something really, really nuts to happen. And that's why I've been telling everybody, and I think if the wisest thing anyone can do as an investor is to stay liquid, stay, stay maneuverable, you don't want to get tied down to something that you don't you don't know. Uh, I would stay, you know, your debt to income, your your or your LTV, your loan yep. to value. Make sure that you're not over leveraged in real estate. There's just a lot of. I feel like the stage is being set for something really crazy to happen. You know, I, and two, let me preface it. A lot of the, you know, m- most everything that you just said, I completely agree with, and there's nothing I don't disagree with. Um, and I I agree, and I've been telling everybody this for a long time. I mean, we're at fifth, we're at under 50% LTV in my, my tire company. And you know, it's like no personal debt, no nothing. Um, and that's how we operate our real estate off of because, um, we offer off, uh, operate under the premise that tomorrow, um, we could be in a depression always. It's because I don't know. And, uh, and, and, it, and that's never been more prevalent. Yeah. In, never in, been more, at prevalent. least in our lifetime yes. than now. I could not agree more. I think it, right now we are not only in unprecedented times, nobody really knows the outlook and where it's going. Um, for sure. like for my industry, self storage has benefited by this unprecedented times because other asset classes like retail, hotel, um, you know, yeah. all these things are moving into safe asset classes like storage. So we haven't really been affected, you know, but with that said, I agree we could be in some very large trouble. We're at 6 trillion in debt. If we get in a fight with China, China says, we're going to stop buying your debt. 
what effect that'll have on interest rates. And right now in the United States, if interest rates start to rise or rise rapidly, it will destroy our country. Now, obviously, the Fed just came out today, said they're going to throw everything at it, but you still need people to buy the debt. You still need somebody buying. And we are not on good relationships with our major buyer. And I'm not I'm not saying we should be any of that, but that's the state that we're in. There's a lot Why of unknowns. AJ, why do you think we need someone to buy our debt? So I think that the bond, first of all, the treasury, the treasuries that are coming out, where the dollar is the gold standard, we just bailed out, the treasury department bailed out like three different countries. So that's all good news for us because that means that the dollar is tending to be strong, but demand for the dollar could change. And if the dollar's demand starts to rise, then, you know, the Fed could start to lift interest rates. And if you know those start things start to happen, they can't sell their bonds at the price that they need to, start to lift it up and rise interest rates because of turmoil like you're talking about in other countries elsewhere. That spells recipe for disaster. I mean, you're looking at in three months, we just we just unloaded what's we're at six trillion on top of the trillions that we were already spending. I'm personally not a believer that we can spend as much as we want and it won't matter. There's a lot Why? of economists that do you think we're do you think we can pay back this debt? Oh no. It'll no, never no, no, be no, paid no. back. It'll never be paid back. You know what you know what's most more likely to happen, AJ? What's more likely to happen is that the dollar is gonna go away. Inflation is gonna get so high. They can't keep up with, no one's going to buy our debt, whatever that means. And they're going to do away with the dollar. If they did away with the dollar, start, we would be in start a, a new war. currency. Yeah, we, we would start a new currency. Yeah, that would over. be, I think, you know, the dollar going away is the epic disaster. I'm telling you, we are set up for, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not a doomsdayer, by the way. Yeah. I'm a positive person. Yeah. Be prepared. Don't don't go and leverage something 100%. For me, I'm not buying anything at 100% value right now because I I personally think values are going to come down 20, 30, 40% over the next year. Now, they could bounce right back up too, but I think values are going to get affected over the next 6 to 12 months. Just be maneuverable. Don't get yourself pinned into a situation where you feel like you have no options. And now, while real estate in particular is at the highest prices I've seen them at since I've been doing it, you need to take advantage of what's going on right now. If you have bad properties, property, which is this, that was me. I was up to 77 um, rental units. I had a lot of C and D class rentals. I had a lot of really bad rentals. I got rid of a lot of that stuff. Guys, if that's you, real estate's at an all-time high right now. Get rid of your bad real estate right now and put less debt on your good real estate. That, that and two, you got to understand everybody listening to this. I, you don't need to be, even if you don't think the world, that's just sound advice because you're, those, those products that you're talking about in hard times suffer magnitudes yes. more than good properties do. Yes. They're ticking time bombs in yes. bad times. So that is... I, I agree. We're at the top of a market. Unload yes. your lower properties. That is That's an it. awesome advice. And two, I 100% agree. You need to be flexible. You need to be ready to move um, because the world moves very, very quickly now, no matter how you look at it. Now, it's interesting, too, because you, it, funny, you, don't, you, you say you don't want to be a doomsday 
say <laughs> right. or anything like that. But at the same time, I guess a lot of our frame of mind has changed because anything can happen and I'm open to anything can happen. But um, no, that's that's really interesting thought. And there is, there's a lot changing and a lot going on. And for those of people though, that are looking at getting started and where they should go, even if they're uncertain about the future, what are you telling people? If, if you think that the, you know the future, hey, this could be a lot worse. Are you telling people, hold off and wait? Or are you th- telling people they should go? What's your advice? Are you talking about brand new people? Yeah, brand new to real estate? Yep. I, I've, got, I've got money. I'm trying to jump into real estate and it's right now. We're in COVID-19. Yep. You know, it's always the right time to buy if you buy correctly. Oh, right? I love that. It's I love always the right time to buy if you buy correct. So, so what I'm doing right now, if I'm brand new and I got some money and I want to invest my money, I want to invest my money in a hard asset to where I feel a little bit safer than maybe the volatility of the stock market. What I'm telling you, number one, the first thing you need to do is pick a market. It's probably going to be your own because you know it, you're familiar with it. Study your market. When I say study your market, don't study like let's just I'm in you're in Boise, Idaho. Don't study all of Boise. How, what's the population of Boise? A million? No, we're at like um, six hundred thousand. Six hundred thousand. Yeah. You cannot. You're you're not going to get anywhere to study the entire all of yeah, Boise. No. I would pick a subsection somewhere. I'd, I'd get on the phone with somebody like AJ, somebody who knows the market really well, and say, Hey, where are the where are the up and coming areas? Where are the you know the emerging parts of and i would just study them these zip codes or these areas or these towns whatever it is so i would just hyper study local study yes study charts go to real estate meetings obviously not a lot are going on right now because of the pandemic but get on zoom calls get on do find the virtual meetings find where people are networking and learn get on the phone with as many people as you can and learn as much as you can about the market and and you're gonna be able to figure out right away like where you should go and where you should kind of, and for me, I've not always been this way, but over the past two, three years have really changed my investing strategy. I thought I wanted to get a million kind of little crummy, crappy little rentals, right? I thought I wanted to do that, but I've completely changed my investing strategy. I invest in A and B properties only now, and I don't care if I don't get as much cash flow. I want to be in emerging places where I can see the benefit of appreciation. Most people are going to tell you to invest for cash flow, not appreciation. I'm on the fence about that. I think you can do either depending on your strategy. I definitely want some cash flow, but I want to make sure that I'm going to be in an emerging place. I don't want to have a property that's worth the same today, uh, you know, yes. in 10 years yes. as it is today. So find those areas wherever you are, find those areas and really start to identify. Get on realtor lists, even though you're probably not going to buy anything on market right now. Get on lists with different realtors. Hey, send me everything that comes available in this. Um, go to auctions just to see how it works. Don't bid on anything, just learn the process. Find wholesalers in your area. P- wholesalers are people who are finding discounted properties and they find, try to find people who are buying to sell these properties to. You can typically get, get discounts that way. Get on all these lists, collect all this data, study, 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 talk to as many people as you can, get a mentor in the local area if you can. And then after three or six months of studying and doing some simulations, then you're probably about ready to pull the trigger. And in about, guess what? About three, six, nine months, in my opinion, you're going to have a phenomenal opportunity to buy some great real estate at a little bit of a discount. Well, and you know what I love about that advice is taking away whether or not there's a downturn or an upturn. It's just sound advice. 
because what you said before is kind of like my mantra in real estate. I don't time markets. I don't try can't. to. You can't. Yeah, so a, de- a deal that is good um, today, right, is needs to be a good deal that's good tomorrow. And hopefully in the future, it's better, but it needs to be good. And so I'm going to buy it today and I'd buy it in a recession or I'd buy it upturned, right? Like the deal that I'm buying, no, I want that deal. I want that deal no matter what phase we're in. If it's COVID-19, I want it, right? If it's, you know, or if we're a booming market, I want it. So I, I, I like that deal or that phrase. And that, that's probably one of the most sound advice people can give. If the deal is good, it should be good all the time. And if you, it's only good at this time for whatever reason, you probably shouldn't be buying it. Um, that's why your your thing too with lower class properties is is scary because they're good right now, but in in five months will they be? I have no idea. If if the if we're a downturn like you're thinking there's going to be, they'll get demolished. It's a hard asset class. It's or it's a hard class of property. Um, the areas are typically tougher. Um, vacancy is a huge issue. Pain is a huge issue. Management is like near impossible. Yes. So it's just, I've learned my lesson. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. Well, man, I don't want to take up all your time. You've been awesome. Fantastic advice. This was such a a fun podcast. I I really do appreciate you coming, taking your time out of your life, sharing your knowledge with uh, our listeners. Tell them people want to get in touch with you, find out more about you. Where, Where do they go? You know, find me on Instagram or Facebook is probably the easiest way. I don't, I'm not going to send you anywhere. You know, you want to follow me on Facebook. It's just my name, facebook.com forward slash Brian trip. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram, you got to put a J in the middle there. So it's at Brian J trip. So I'm sure you'll put that in the show yep, notes. I'm we'll sure you'll B R I A N and T R I P P E. So you guys will find me. Right Ask on. me anything, by the way, shoot me a DM. Let me know. You heard me on AJ's podcast. Um, I might even have a couple of extra books lying around here. So if you let me know, you, you found me on AJ's podcast, I might, I might send you a, a free book. That's awesome, man. Appreciate it. Everybody will have it in the show notes uh, and uh, reach out and get a, get a hold of them. And, and thanks again, Brian. We really do appreciate your time. Thanks, man. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at cashflow with the number two freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.